At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. listening to In the NoCo, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Thursday, September 21st. I'm Robin Vincent, in for Erin O'Toole. The housing crisis is touching Coloradans in different ways. In recent surveys, residents said housing affordability and homelessness are their biggest concerns. Some of this is reflected in the data. In Denver County alone, there were roughly 1,200 eviction filings in August. That's nearly double in comparison to last year. Eviction attorney Zach Newman says there's even more hardship behind those filings. For every filing, there are two other families that are never filed against that just move out because they're unable to pay rent. So in Denver County alone, there were probably 3,600 displacements in the month of August, which is something like eight or 9,000 people having to move out of their homes because they're unable to pay rent. During the pandemic, Newman started a nonprofit to help people navigate a historic rise in evictions. That work has grown into a large anti-poverty organization called the Community Economic Defense Project. We caught up with Newman to discuss what he's seeing today. You know, progress is, is always slow and changing, but I think some of the big wins have been as federal rental assistance has been drawn down, as those dollars have been used up, the state and in many parts of the state, counties have stepped in with their own programs, providing resources for renters who are on the brink of eviction. Uh, That could be rental assistance. That could also be legal aid. Um, We've also seen really meaningful historic investments and support for investments in affordable housing. That's also making a difference. And we continue to see the legislature take up issues that are pertinent to renters. At the same time, uh, we've seen a lot of bills that would have made the status of renters in the state better, improve their lives, improve their ability to negotiate, go down. So, for example, the Just Cause Eviction Bill that our organization worked on last spring in the legislature was not successful. That bill died on the calendar. We intend to bring it back uh, here in the 2024 legislative session, but that's an example of something that that didn't go so well for renters. To that end, what are some other policy shifts that you'd like to see on a state or even a local level that you think could meaningfully address housing affordability or the housing crisis more broadly? So I think there are three buckets here that are worth talking about. One is investment in new housing, which is a big deal. Two is resources to stabilize families that are at risk of eviction. And three is renter protections. So I'll I'll just run through those really quickly. On the affordability side, we need to keep investing in affordable housing. It is really hard to do. It takes time. And there's only so much the state can do, although they've made a tremendous effort to, to support new housing across the state. Another piece of this is land use, right? Ensuring that uh, upzoning and things of that nature really can take place so that we can build more housing where people want to live. So that's supply. But supply takes time, and it could be 10 or 15 years before we see the benefit of these investments. As we wait, it's important that we ensure that people can stay in their homes and communities are not displaced. That's investing in rental assistance, eviction legal defense, 
support for families, more vouchers uh, over the long term so that people can afford their housing uh, and don't face displacement every time they have a $400 emergency. I think the final piece of the puzzle is just making it harder to evict. So that's increasing tenant rights, extending the eviction timeline, creating more defenses for tenants who are at risk of eviction, and passing things like just cause for eviction, which says that if you're paying your rent and following the rules, you get to continue where you're living and you can't be moved out or pushed out at the end of your lease. In several recent surveys, Coloradans have identified housing affordability and homelessness as top issues that they care about. I wonder if you could talk about that link between a lack of affordable housing and rising numbers of people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, so I I, I always point to this data point, uh, and, and I work in Denver, and I'll give the Denver context, but I think this is true in Fort Collins, and it's true across the state. Uh, MDHI, the Metro Denver Homelessness Initiative, did a point-in-time count in Denver, and they asked folks who they encountered who were resting on the street, why aren't you in housing? What's occurred that's made housing you know, an impossibility for you? And the number one cause people cited was not being able to afford the cost of housing. The number two cause they cited was being evicted from their home or forced out of their home because of foreclosure. And that data, as I said, holds true not just in Denver, but in Fort Collins, uh, in the Springs. People are, are not able to pay, and so they, they aren't choosing to you know, live in a shelter or to, to not be able to live in a home, to have to live on the street or in their car or in a motel. They're doing it because they can't afford the, the price of a rental home or the price of buying a home, and it's, you know, it's putting extreme stress on systems. And you can probably hear the frustration in my voice, but this is a price issue, and so many of our neighbors have been priced out of their homes. Zach, I realize you study eviction numbers very closely. What do you think is important to point out about that data, about what you've been seeing over the past couple years? Yeah, so the data is so, so clear. In 2020, there was a really comprehensive eviction moratorium. Uh, Eviction filings were at a quarter uh, or less of what they're at today across the state. Last year, there was still abundant federal rental assistance available, easily paid, flexible uh, in, in terms of the way in which you could use it, and we had basically half the eviction filings we have today. Now federal funds are dried up, providers are using disparate county and state sources, which are helpful and make a difference, but aren't as broad or as generous as that federal money. And so evictions are double, functionally double where they were last year, and it's because those funds aren't available. This is really just a question of resources and a question of prices. And as prices go up and we don't have the funding resources to provide people with that assistance, they're going to be taken to eviction court and they're going to be evicted from their homes. As we continue to peel back the multiple layers of Colorado's housing crisis, what would you say is missing from the conversation? You know, I don't know if it's it's missing or not, but I think it's important to mention the human impact of being evicted is is so, so severe. I represented a client uh, a year and a half ago. She's a teacher's assistant working in school, single mom, has two kids. She was evicted because she couldn't pay her rent and we were unsuccessful in helping her. Um, she and her two kids continue to live in a motel. And, you know, every day she's cooking food for them, uh, using the microwave in the hotel room, bathing her kids in that hotel bathroom, um, getting them to school, hitting McDonald's on the way back from school, 
uh, and, and tucking your kids in each night in that, that hotel room with two queen beds. Um, it's no way to have to raise a family. Uh, it's no way to have to live. And worst of all, she's paying more in uh, nightly you know, cost of hotel than she would be paying in rent. But because she has that eviction on her record and because the cost of a deposit, first month's last month's so expensive, she's still years away from getting back into permanent stable housing. And there are literally tens of thousands of stories like this across the state. Zach Newman, co-founder of the Community Economic Defense Project. Thank you for discussing your work with us. Thanks for having me, Robin. Good to be here. We want to know if you're struggling to find or keep affordable housing. Email us at noco at kunc.org. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Our producer is Jocelyn Mesa Miranda. Erin O'Toole is our host and senior producer. I'm executive producer Robin Vincent. We'll talk soon.